Willie F. Teen Jr. Shake Back Sports Show. OT. Corey Ellison. What's good? Oh, man, you do it to me every time, man. Why you keep making me go back reminiscing about the good old days when we didn't have to deal with all this nonsense? And just in case you did not hear what we were talking about, that would be still tipping by Mike Jones. Came out in 2004, I want to say. And, uh, yeah, we still tipping, man, as we are now in the overtime session of the Shake Back Sports Show it will be available here shortly on iTunes, Spotify, as well as Google Play or Google Podcasts. The show just wrapped up. The regular show just wrapped up as we discuss a myriad of issues and options and things in the world of sports and just in the world that will air on the 12s and 6s, Saturday and Sunday on the Big Game Christian Sports Network, bgcsports.net, or on the TuneIn app. Just throw in BGC Sports in the old search bar. That's where you will find us. Or you can actually tell your smart speaker, Alexa. To play BGC Sports and you will get us that way as well. All right, man, Corey. So we got some breaking news that came out uh on Thursday at the conclusion of the recording of the regular show. And that would be sources are telling us, or telling them, or telling somebody, the Pacific Athletic Conference 12 is back. The Pac 12. Announcing on Thursday evening a seven-game schedule beginning in November. November 6th is the target date. And this decision voted on by a group of Pac-12's CEO group on Thursday represents the official reversal after the conference, much like the Big Ten that has 14 teams, reversed their course uh, from the decision that was made back in early August. So, Due to the health concerns of COVID-19, now they have reversed their course. Corey, are we really, really surprised that this happened? No, I'm not surprised at all because we know it's all about the revenue, the dollar that they make because of sports. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on with them playing seven games. A part of me wants to say good for them because those juniors and seniors that have an opportunity to display their talents to possibly boost a stock in the draft, good for them. But then on the other hand, I'm like, it's seven games. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. Well, here's my thought on it. And just like with the Big Ten, seven games or ten games or eight games is better than zero games. And all this surrounds, to me, a bigger agenda that nobody is really talking about. Well, I shouldn't say nobody's talking about, but it's not getting as much pub as it probably should be. Um, And that's me being the conspiracy theorist that I am because all this surrounds the COVID-19 and the election. And, uh, you know, there's there's several companies out there that's working on the vaccine that are in phase three. And it's been rushed and it just seems like that the vaccine is going to be ready for distribution probably around the time we see start seeing conference championship football games as well as the bowl season starts. Now, will people actually take the vaccine? That's a different story and another subject for another day. 
Um, I can't say whether I will or whether I won't. I mean, at this point, I, I right, if you had to give it to me right now, I would say no. But the Pac-12 um, and and there's 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 local protocols that have to be followed in terms of county health departments. And one in particular that had actually stated something was in California. And that's in Santa Clara County where Stanford is. They required the school to submit a safety plan before it would give them the go ahead to even practice. So that has been submitted and it's currently under review, but they haven't said it's been approved or not. So it's kind of like they're putting the cart before the horse or the, the jockey on top of the, I don't know. But anyway, I, so where are we with this? Because if you're going to say, or if you're going to put it out there that you're going to play, but then you haven't even gotten the approval yet from the County clerk or the County's um, health department, what happens if there's a setback? What happens if there if the review is denied? And all those players' hopes that you got up just gonna be dashed all over again. Um, so knee jerk reaction, like I say, they they should wait until they have full clearance before they announce something like that. Maybe they know something behind the scenes that we don't, where they feel confident enough to come out and say that. But that's that's just that's just. Like I said, just just pulling the trigger a little bit too fast. And I also think that it's kind of ironic in terms of the timing because this is week four of the college football season, but the SEC gets underway this weekend. So think about it, think about it from that standpoint. Now you have all five power conferences that are going to be in play. The Big Ten got their announcement in just in time so they can have a team possibly qualify for the college football playoff at the end of the year. Uh, I'm not quite exactly sure if the Pac-12 is going to be eligible, even if they are. I mean, they haven't had a team to show up in that event yet. Um, And then there was another hurdle out there in Colorado, uh, Boulder County, where the University of Colorado Buffaloes play and where the school is. They actually had issued a prohibition on gatherings amongst university students between the eight ages of 18 and 22. So if that order doesn't get extended, then the Buffaloes can be begin practicing in 14 days and it will give them an additional four weeks to prepare for a potential season opener on the weekend or in the weekend of November the 6th. Um, but aside from this, the pandemic stuff, I mean, the wildfires are still going on out there. And they have subsided a little bit because of the weather change that has taken place. Um, So that's not the concern that it once was. And I actually saw some photos somewhere of the Bay Area uh, or actually it was uh, it was Napa Valley, which is just north of the Bay Area. And the skies were actually clear. So uh, it looks as though the wildfire containment is going to hold up. And then that concern as far as the air quality goes out there on the West Coast, because, again, like we said in the last OT, um, Pac-12, you have two schools in Washington, you have two schools in Oregon, and you have three schools in California. So actually you have four schools in California with with USC, UCLA, um, Stanford, as well as Cal. So uh, that's that's a good thing. I hope my prayer is that the, the protocols are being followed in regard to making sure that safety is number one. And uh, as long as they feel comfortable enough, not just comfortable, but a comfortable enough that it will be, then I'm all for it. And uh, I was just texting with uh, 
uh, with our pastors. Again, his son, their son goes to Stanford. I just told him, I said, yeah, it looks like the Pac-12 is back on. I don't know if they had gotten news yet, but, you know, we'll see. All right, man. So that was some breaking news that came out at the conclusion of the taping of the episode on the Shakeback Sports Show. BGCSports.net, TuneIn app, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Um, we're going to get into some NBA, man. The playoffs are um, <laughs> the playoffs are the playoffs. And in the East, you have the Boston Celtics that are down three games to one to the Miami Heat. And you have the Lakers that are up two games to one, but very well could and should be down two to one. But for a couple of bounces and a, and a game winning shot by Anthony Davis in game three or in game two, rather. Um, let's start with the Celtics in the heat, man. How surprised are we that the Celtics are down to the heat? I'm a little surprised. Um, I thought that it would probably go seven. I think I said that in one of our um, former episodes. I thought it would be a knockdown drag out and it would go all the way to game seven, but Miami, man, like like I said before, um, Jimmy Butler is just a true leader, and they rally around him. But last, but the game last night's game or game Wednesday was night. it game four? Yeah, Wednesday night. Wednesday night's game, man. Tyler Hero, oh my goodness, that young rookie man came out and did his thing. It's like everything he shot was like going in the in the Atlantic Ocean. That's how that's how big the goal looked to him, and he was doing it from from every phase, from from attacking the rim, from from mid range game, extending out to three. So, I think the Celtics are in big trouble. And uh, I I I think I might have to agree with you because we heard the screams coming from, or we heard the reports of the screams rather coming from the Boston Celtics locker room after that game two loss and they did come out and win game three uh but then they lost in game four and i don't know man i don't know what's missing uh with regard to the play from the celtics maybe um maybe they need to shake up the lineup a little bit man maybe marcus smart you know i don't know he He's he's too iffy on the offensive end. We know what he gives we know what he gives them on the defensive side, but he's too iffy on the offensive side. And uh I think Kimball Walker, man, might be still hurting a little bit. I think that knee might be still giving us some issues. Although that is not an excuse. They're here and they got here with him at having a hurt knee. So we can't really use that as an excuse going forward. Um game five, if they do wrap it up, the Miami Heat will be making their first appearance in the NBA Finals since 2014 when uh, they got beat down by the Kawhi Leonard-led San Antonio Spurs. That dude is a is a, is a a dynasty killer. Um, but he's out of the playoffs himself right now. So the Miami Heat, man, you know, that team was starting to gather a lot of steam in terms of getting respect from the analysts and the so-called experts. They knew it themselves all along. Uh, but when when you have the heart of a champion or the heart of a lion like Jimmy, like Jimmy Butler, I mean, I, I'm kind of really rooting for them to get there because of all of the people that said that the Heat cannot be a championship contender with Jimmy or no team could be a championship contender with Jimmy Butler as the best player. 
And he may not be the best player, like I said last week, but he is definitely the most valuable. Um, Jason Tatum, I don't know what else that kid can do. I mean, it's just uh, it just may not be in the cards for those Celtics, man. Um, all right, so we're gonna throw it out west. We got about we only got a few minutes left to go in this OT, so we're just gonna finish it up here out west and then move on to uh, our final shakes here in the podcast. The Los Angeles Lakers, man. We all know that LeBron James was a little upset at the fact that he only got what one MVP vote or one first place MVP vote, and um, his <laughs> I thought his re- response was kind of classic. Okay, I got you. But you got to give it up to the Nuggets because, number one, nobody really expected them to be here. And, two, now that they are here, they ain't running. And they very well could be up to one. Thoughts on the Nuggets, Corey? Man, <laughs> shout out. Big shout out to Canada's own Jamal Murray. And that's another one, man, a young one that's up and coming and is a true leader of his team. And just has it all on display. Um, same thing with Jokic, man. Another young piece to their to they nucleus that is slow as molasses, but you can't stop him at all. And his ability to pass, his vision, just, just everything, man. So the Lakers better watch out, man. I think the Lakers going to win just because of their of – their, the players that they have that's, that's been through the struggle and been through the fire. And, you know, young teams coming in typically got to take their lumps and, and go through that and, and lose some to, to get that. So I just think the, the overall um, tenure of the players from the Lakers is going to help them to to close it out. But I, it's, they're not going to go down – Denver is not going to go down without a fight for sure. I think it's important to point out that, yeah, even though I shouldn't say even though even I mean, with with respect to uh, Jokic and and Murray and, of course, Michael Porter Jr. And the offensive prowess that they have exhibited all throughout the playoffs, you know, especially with Jamal Murray and what he's done the entire really since they've been in the bubble. um, I think we need to give them some props and some mad respect for turning it up on the defensive end because. After giving up 126 points to the Lakers in the first game, uh, they've held them under 110 the other two games. And but for again, but for a last second three pointer by Anthony Davis, man, we could be having a totally different conversation. And this whole this whole bubble thing, what I love most about it, Corey, is that there's it seems like everybody is on an equal plane, uh, a playing playing field rather. And I remember we talked about that at length and at nauseum before the playoffs even started about how since there is no home court advantage, it's it's really going to be anybody's ball game. And when you have these teams that are down here like this and and, and can score and, and lock it down when they need to, then to me, that just made it that much more um, possibilities or probabilities for equality when it comes to the play on the floor. And I'm like you, man. If uh, I think LeBron James, he needs to turn it up, and I respect what he's doing because what it feels like he's doing, Corey, is that he is doing everything to make Anthony Davis to be the best player for them to get to the championship round and ultimately for him to win the MVP. 
but he needs to uh he needs to be a little bit more assertive in my opinion to make sure that they even get this win in the next game. What say you? I agree, man. He has to stop taking a back seat, you know. Um Yeah, Anthony Davis is is the true um what I want to say. He, he's like the anchor, but but LeBron is like he's like everything. Like I say he's been there before. Many, many times, and he has to be able to see that he has to step up his game more and carry the team more and stop putting it in everybody else's hands. And that, that, that's that been one of the knocks on LeBron is uh, he doesn't, you know, for a person or for a player or an athlete that has that type of a talent, you know, that much athleticism, that that much prowess that seems to be head and shoulders above his peers, the biggest, the biggest critic or criticism of LeBron James is the fact that he has little to no killer instinct. And to be honest with you, Anthony Davis doesn't appear to have that that trait either, even though he did hit that shot. Um, but I mean, it, it, you don't. To me, it doesn't feel the same as Jordan or Jimmy Butler or Kobe. Or or even Isaiah Thomas from way back. So if it's gonna be a if it's if the games continue to be close, I don't like their chances, man, because of the lack thereof of a closer. What say you? I agree. I agree. That's why I hate when people try to compare LeBron to, to MJ. He's he doesn't have that dog mentality like that, man. He's not gonna put it on his shoulders. And 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 get the win. So we even saw that when he was playing with Wade. That was that was Wade. Wade put it on his shoulders. He carried the team. So I hope he does change, so he can get that stigma off of him. But history shows that that that's not him. Right. And I wouldn't say that that was Wade. What I will say is that he had to be pushed to that point by Dwayne Wade. When it was Dwayne Wade's team, and to me, that's one of the requisites of a leader is that being able to see uh, that in somebody else, and then actually pushing them um, up to that to that uh, to that landscape in, in as far as their play goes. All right, a couple quick things, man, before we get up out of here. A lot of college football, good college football games on the slate. The SEC is back. Georgia will be in action. The number two team in the country, Alabama, will be in action. Texas A&M. There's a big game on Saturday night between. Florida State and Miami, that's a rivalry game. And, uh, man, it's like now with the announcement of the Pac-12 coming back, we're going to have a real football season. So um, looking forward to that. Also, Kentucky and Auburn will be doing battle as well. So we got to get on our grind, man, with the college football stuff as uh, it is back. So, all right, man, Corey, final shake for the pack for the pot show. Final shake. Um why you leave out number eight Texas man against Texas Tech? Who cares? But anyway, <laughs> I that, go figure. That could be your final <laughs> shake. That's your final shake. My final shake is just that. We out. And for Corey Ellison, the dopest engineer in the game, Big Day. This is Willie Epstein Jr. Shake Back Sports Show podcast uploaded now to iTunes as well as Spotify, Google Play 
and all of the other podcasting platforms that are available for your listening pleasure. All right, man, that's gonna do it. We out. You know what I'm saying? It's down all the pair of shoes, you don't even know. It's down all the pair of lean, you don't even know.